trigger warning. Trigger warning. This is a reminder. You have got a trigger. <laughs> Do you know what your trigger is? It's that soft spot, that bruise that makes you see red when it gets pushed. And I don't know what your trigger is. Only you know that. This podcast strives to have thoughtful conversation about adult issues, but I'm not a professional, and I would describe lots of the topics here as things that would trigger someone. So if you find yourself being triggered by any of the issues that we talk about here, I'm asking you now to please take that opportunity to simply find something else to listen to. Also, this is not professional advice, ever, (laughs) even when we talk to professionals. This is only casual conversation that is meant to promote for mindfulness and examine our own egos. Thanks. This is good. To me, and I almost have to whisper this because I'm like in her country right now. She's a failure. The fact that she's a real life queen in real life and she doesn't rule shit makes her a failure in my eyes. Like, and I I keep asking, I'm like, so what is her power with parliament? Is she able to say, guys, listen, the queen has spoken. We need to do this. Everybody said no. I said, okay, so does she have any, like when when a bill's being passed or something happens, does she get kind of like the final say or the, no? So you're telling me she waves her hand, kisses babies and shows up to events. (laughs) Failure. Wears the crown, lives in the house. Has all of the wealth, has all of the stolen wealth, as my boyfriend also likes to remind me. None of that's theirs. It's funny how you can be proud about something that is not yours. That part of white delusion, I don't really understand because I come more from the space of where you have to work for everything. Or you're prideful of what's been passed down to you. Now, I can understand that. But when what's been passed down to you is stolen, I mean, I guess you just consistently reignite your amnesia in order to make sure that you can enjoy the things that are not actually yours. Your necessary delusion. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me, Earth Monster. I'm your host, Matt LeBlanc, and yes, I share a name with one of the most lovable idiots in the history of primetime television. This is Your Necessary Delusion, the storytelling show that celebrates vulnerability and speaks to the darkest, messiest little parts of your heart about the lies that we tell ourselves every day, the stories that we use to get out of bed, the fantasies that we let propel our lives. My guest today is good friend and one of our favorite necessary delusional earth monsters on the show, Reina Amaya. I like to talk to Reina because I always feel like we're able to uncover something together. Whether it be a universal truth or a previously unidentified opinion or belief, our banter always seems to feel like we're digging together. And today is no exception. We got on the call to record with a very loose agenda of what we wanted to cover, but at first, Raina couldn't figure out how to get on the video chat. Bear with me, I promise this will be relevant momentarily. (laughs) Not throwing any shade, but it's just, it's very apparent that you didn't read the email. Didn't read it. (laughs) Sorry. Because I said, you can't use Safari and- uh, You said everything. It's better if you could use it. Since I could read, my mom was like, read. And I'd be like, no. All the time, instructions, homework. I'm like, I don't know how you're supposed to. She was like, well, did you read it? 
read Raina. That's one of her, that's, she says that multiple times a year to me, read. Does this sound familiar? I sent Raina an email with a link to record this episode and all of the necessary instructions that one would need to seamlessly jump on a call. And yet when the time came to talk, she couldn't figure it out or rather she refused to figure it out on her own because as we're learning, Raina doesn't read instructions. So we got on a phone call so that I could walk her through the pop-ups and get onto the video chat. And as it turned out, all of the information she needed was right there in front of her. It literally said it does not support the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You'd never know that I could do some things. It's so dumb that I don't do it. I don't know if it's going to be one of those things that people are like, yeah, she still isn't reading. It's so weird. <laughs> Because it's literally her profession. Raina is a voiceover artist and literally reads scripts every day for a living. But yet when strategic things happen, like, hey, let's do this call video style. And you send me an email and I just go ah, and click and I just click in Safari, wasting then, all time. It's it's a waste of time. And then pop-ups come up, not even reading the pop-ups. This is a delusion. I think I've got it so much in life. I don't read. And then when I don't got it, I still don't learn the lesson. I'm still just like, no, 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 it's fine. You're like, you didn't read my email. I'm like, no, I did it. And I'm clicking. <laughs> And I don't know why this isn't working. And you're like, yeah, because you didn't read the email. And I'm like, well, I can figure this out. It's like, well. I think you're right. I think there is some ego in there. There's some arrogance and maybe some impatience. You know what it is, too? I've been thinking, this is whatever. It sounds pompous, but I've been thinking about how my name literally means queen. In Spanish, la reina means the queen. You know, people talk about, like, do you live up to your name? Or how does your name affect who you are? And these are my queen moments. And just that seamlessly, she found her own delusion. The queen delusion. I can relate. As I've shared here before, when Friends first premiered on NBC and my name was literally on the opening credits every week, I consciously, unconsciously decided that that meant a whole lot about who I was as a person. And that delusion drove me, subconsciously, for years. There is so much in a name. At least we think there is. Reina means queen. How long have you known that? My whole life, yeah. Did anyone call you queen? I mean, not really because it means it in Spanish. So literally like the way you just say like, shoe, zapato, like it just means queen, you know? Right. I got enough validation about it through all of the Spanish speaking people I was around. Because again, I, I grew up speaking English, Spanish. I had Spanish speaking like caregiver babysitter people. They would take me to San Francisco in the mission to the fish markets and stuff. And I'd be like this little black kid speaking fluent Spanish. And so everybody would just be like, oh, la reina, reinita, baby suita. You know, and I got all of the like, you're, you're queen in that right. community. So when it came to like black folks or just American folks, like, you know, English speaking humans, I didn't need to bring it up. She didn't have to tell people she was a queen because it was just something that she knew about herself. She heard it at home, in the fish market. She was la reina, the queen the female ruler of an independent state, especially who inherits the position by birthright. Queen, the most powerful chess piece that each player has, able to move any number of unobstructed squares in any direction along a rank, file, or diagonal on which it stands. Queen can be a verb, too, to behave in an unpleasantly superior way towards someone. That sounds like ego. Anyway, that's how the dictionary defines queen, but over the years, consciously, unconsciously, Raina has written her own definition for queen. And like all of our identities, she has woven it deeply into the fabric of the necessary delusion 
of who she is. A queen doesn't ask. A queen doesn't do it the way everybody else does. I'm just like, open the thing. Why so will it not open? Can you remember a first time when you felt the name resonate with you? I think right now, trying to log into this call. <laughs> the arrogance, the assumptions, yet the the knowing that I don't know what I'm doing, but some someone will figure it out. Some peasant will come to my beckoning and no. figure out this technology. Can you hear the unconscious bias? Maybe we need a sound effect for that. For now, we'll just say... Delusion! Like, what even is a queen? It's so weird to even ask that question now that I'm living in England. And yeah. I've also spent time in Spain. They have queens and stuff. But even, like, Disney queens, like, oh, any, like... First of all, you know that's where my next comment was going, was Disney queens. Because I am American and those are our queens. Right. So Sleeping Beauty has always been one of my most favorite queens. Aurora is actually her name, Princess Aurora. And maybe I like to think of myself a bit as a Sleeping Beauty. Here's why. She was born into her title. She's princess, right. like my birthright. So again, it's kind of like my birthright, my name. You're already ordained. Chosen, if you will. But to humble thyself, and based on her own life and protection and Maleficent's, you know, crazy broken heartness of a woman, scorned woman, puts the curse on her. And basically her mom and dad are like, okay, nope, we can't have her just chilling in the castle. You get the three fairies, you send her out to the forest. She's got to live like a peasant. I love that part about her because growing, no, I love it. That peasant life. Keep it humble because she is better off not knowing her birthright initially. She is kind. She understands family and community with those fairies. All qualities that Reyna has come to see in herself. Values that she holds high. I don't know if the fairies is like some kind of subliminal, like I know we use fairies for different things if it's supposed to be like they're like this lesbian crew. Whatever they are, they're fairy godmother, lesbian diva sisters. I love mm -hmm. the fairies. They're the best part of the whole thing. And it's also, they made sure that she was with women. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Humble, real women who are going to teach her about love and compassion and to talk to the squirrels and to go and get dinner sleeping beauty go out yeah. and do something and then bring some wood back to the house like i love that they instilled that in her hard worker connected to the earth full of love and compassion that's all reina i'm seeing this in your identity as you describe it i know and i've never talked about this before and because i i've never thought of why this is my favorite she grows up right on one of her adventures out walking out in the forest as her little adventure that she does almost every day literally my daily adventure very sleeping beauty and she meets a dude he's a prince she's like whatever that means <laughs> not impressed <laughs> um He's got a horse. That's cool. He's doing a whole, I know you. She's like, maybe. I mean, where have you seen me? I don't even go places. I'm mostly at the house. <laughs> me. And he's just trying to hit her with all the little smooth lines and do the thing. And she's kind of like, I mean, I don't know. She likes him, which means, of course, she has to act like she kind of doesn't. She's just like, I don't know, dude. I'm just out. I'm trying to like find berries or do whatever. See you later. And then after she's like, whatever. Then she's all like, oh my God, he's so hot. Oh my God, he's so hot. So me. Then you fast forward, blah, 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 Maleficent, dragon, pricks the finger when she's 16, the birthday, lays, you know, dead. And then he comes, kisses her, and she's like, oh, I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you. Yes. And then he's like, guess what? Bitch, you're a princess queen. And she's like, uh-uh, you're joking. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're about to go get married. Your mom and dad are there. 
You're about to meet them. They live without <laughs> you. Hell is sacrifice on some straight immigrant stuff. Like, take the child and we will suffer in our jewels and riches. Like, didn't even get to have their kid. Then when they come back together, the fairies are like fighting over what color her dress is. That's the best part at the end. They're like, pink, no blue. And they're like, and she's dancing with the dude, sleeping beauty. Wait, but we we skipped the dwarves completely. Oh my God, I'm going to slap you in the face. Have you seen Sleeping Beauty? I feel like as I'm explaining this, you're like, what is this tale? <laughs> you're talking about Snow White. White. Uh, I, don't, I, I feel like I'm talking to someone who doesn't know what we're talking about. It's so disrespectful. Like, Snow White is another sort of sick tale. That's not my jam. I don't like her voice. And that's coming from a voiceover artist. I don't like it. I think what it perpetuates about women is really kind of creepy. Sleeping Beauty, Aurora. That's my jam. Parents gave her up. Let her live a good life. Humbled her. Now she's got the prince. And she didn't even mess with him the first time. It's not Ariel. You know, gave up her voice to be with some dude? No, dude. There is so much sickness in The Little Mermaid. So that's how the necessary delusion starts. She's called queen in her real life. Whenever she sees a queen or royalty reference somewhere, there's a sense that they are talking directly to her. And she compares herself, like we all do. She watches Disney princesses and she decides, Sleeping Beauty, that's me. Humble, independent, compassionate, hardworking, and surprise, special, that is me. But Snow White, Ariel... That is not me. And as she goes, it all relaxes like sediment into the underlying tapestry of how she thinks of herself. I'd say my name has influenced me during breakup seasons. Hmm. So I've only been broken up with a couple of times. And one of them, the dude was, no, actually both of them, the dude was like, oh my God, no, let's not do that. Like whether it was the next day or whatever, he was like, oh my God, no, I don't want to break up. So the only oh. times I've been broken up with, the guy has wanted to like correct that, um, I will call error. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly it was an error, he wanted to correct it. But every time I of course have broken up, oh, I've just been like, yeah, it's, we're not, we're not. When she breaks up with someone, she never goes back. And there's something queen about the fact that when the two times when I have been broken up with, first, I mourn very, very deeply. And I'm a Sagittarius. The mourning can be like three hours. I mean, I, it, it's deep, but then I'm done, okay? Right. Hysterically crying, unable to imagine her life without him, but then... The queen comes out where I get to the like, <laughs> okay, wait a minute, I'm sorry. So you had all of this and you don't want it? <laughs> oh, you don't want it. Oh! Oh, you don't want it. And then it becomes this queen kingdom ruler where I'm like, silence, you know, I'm gone. I'm banishing you. You are not to return. If you do, you will be humiliated. Things will not be perfect for you. I am not going to hold your heart anymore. I'm not going to crap on you, but this is my kingdom. I, I wish you farewell. Don't forget, this is how she acts when someone breaks up with her. Now I'm wishing you farewell, even though you're the one who told me you're breaking up. Now, no, no, the queen has spoken. I get very that. Who hasn't? The delusion that we are untouchable, that we are above whatever situation or whichever person is threatening to expose our vulnerability. I'm above all this. It's a classic. Ta -ta delusion. 
in only one of those breakups did I get back with the guy because the other guy, I actually was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't do the breakup makeup. You want to be <laughs> done with this kingdom? You want to break these ties? Our families will never sit at the same table again. And then I proceeded to like be intimate with him for another year. It wasn't good. It was bad. It was queendom. It's bad. I don't know specifically the relationship that you're talking about, but there is a part of me that's even questioning the only two times because we have talked about some relationships in the past and there were one or two that, that you didn't end. There's there. It, you're right. There is another one that just occurred to me. You know, what's so funny. Okay. This is a delusion too. The one that just occurred to me, the reason I'm not considering a breakup is because one, I was into him, but I knew the breakup was going to come. <laughs> right. And then also once he was like, I, I just can't, I was like, Touche. Do you know? It was a touche. It's like if you got drunk at your new boyfriend's mom's house, never done this, and you were just inappropriate, dancing with the uncle a little too close. And then the guy, <laughs> like, listen, I, I can't do this. You'd be like, touche. Because after that, I, I wouldn't either. It's fine. It's a, and those are peaceful pardons. And during this time, I believe I was in therapy, which has its positive and its negatives. Because the thing about individual therapy is you go in there telling your story. Right. All they can go by is that. So you come in there like, it was just, it was wonderful. And you're like, was it? And sometimes you're like, oh, she sees you. And sometimes you're like, does she see me though? Good question. If I am lying to myself, I am therefore lying to my therapist inadvertently. And can my therapist tell that I'm lying to myself? The biggest surprise that I found in therapy was that the value didn't come from the advice that I was getting from a third-party expert. The value came from listening to the specific things that I had to say about my life. The therapist was just there to facilitate the conversation. I kind of wish therapy was them being like, honey, stop messing with that fool. You need to do it like... <laughs> That would be right. my personal favorite kind of therapy. Just some auntie, grandma, like gay <laughs> guru being like, girl, look, that I want that person. Right. I would pay for that person to be like, bitch, you're crazy. I'd be like, oh my God, thank you. How, how much? Because stop normalizing me and being like, hmm, and taking notes, dude. No, tell me. Because I think there's something fucked up here. Do you think there's something fucked up here? That is a sketch, the auntie grandma therapist. And I also think that may be who you become. Oh, I, I am her. And that's why, <laughs> well, that's why I want it. Maybe this is a queendom. I really like me. Yeah. And so I like. I get people. that from you. Yeah. I really, <laughs> and so I really like people who do certain things like me. I also appreciate people who are totally different than me and who can tell me about myself. Cancers, Aries. That's you, man. Um, Capricorns and Taurus. Boom, because they just go for it. They're not all like, uh, well, cancer can be, uh, but sometimes I need that when it's something like, maybe you shouldn't have like thrown all <laughs> of the son's clothes out of the house. Maybe just like pack them and say, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore instead of like calling him a bitch. Have you done that? Options. Yeah. Can we hear that story? Oh, dude, I'm not in the right setting, but yeah, I threw this, I threw all of this fool's clothes out of the house. His, His son's, son's clothes. Oh, yeah, no. 
his child's clothes. Were they in your house though? This was previous to enrolling myself in therapy. I just want to be very clear. Try not to be too judgmental because I've been the girl who's been like, well, why why don't we just burn his house down? Like that just yeah. seems like a regular solution to the problem. And then I've also been the one who was like, oh my God, look inward, think about your, maybe write it out, rap to yourself down the street, juggle. <laughs> juggle figure out a way for you to process this and then use your words and I feel sentences. This whole podcast came from me realizing that I was the asshole for like two decades. Okay, fine. Three decades. Yeah. That is certainly where I find my empathy is I'm like, God, I hope people can find some empathy for me Yeah. because I was wrong so many times. I think this is what it is. There are so many parts and sides and elements of myself, not good parts that I have witnessed. I have been there. Those parts have been there and they have like been the ones with the hands on the wheel leading the situation. Don't lie, Earth Monster. We all have some of these stories. A lot of those situations, I look back and I'm like, whoa. Like one night when she and that same ex-boyfriend got into a fight. I remember jumping on the hood of the car and screaming <laughs> from the middle of the night. He's in the car and I'm just like, you're not fucking leaving. And the neighbor comes out, older woman, right? And she's just kind of looking like, what the? And I looked at her and I was like, Mind your fucking business. You know, queen behavior. This is all pre-therapy. I just want to put the context of that. Sure. That context feels super relevant, doesn't it? This is why I have come to believe that we should never publicly shame people by the millions in the media and online. Because people grow, Earth Monster. And for as satisfying as it can feel to jump in and chant for the side of right, to join in hating together, and oh boy, is that satisfying. It's still a delusion because it sort of feels like you're saving the world, but in reality, it doesn't leave any space for that person to accept their fault, dissect their behavior, learn from it, forgive themselves, and change it. Moving on. Like if I saw someone doing that right now, I'd be like, whoa, honey, get out of this. Why is this? You're, this is crazy. But I also try not to be judgmental because I'm like, bitch, that was you. Can you talk about some of your chosen queens? Chosen queens. Okay. The first one that comes to mind is Celia Cruz, Cuban queen of salsa, visually to some during the era of which she was around, not considered the standard of beauty for multiple reasons. And when I was a child, one of the reasons I was drawn to her was because she said my name a lot. La Reina. I used to listen to Spanish music a lot because my name is said, La Reina, La Reina. Reina all the time. And it was just like, they're saying my name. It's it's your experience <laughs> with Matt LeBlanc on Friends. Yeah. I mean, not it being said, but knowing that that is that person in its fame. You and think so, it's for you. It's for you. So, I mean, pick a Spanish song. All of these songs that were in Spanish said my name in this celebratory way. Right. The Reina of, or you're the Reina, or I'm the Reina. Or, it was just like, yeah, baby. Like, everybody's trying to bring me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be me. So what's her name? Celia, Celia Cruz? Celia Cruz. And like... <clears throat> she's a salsa dancer? I'm not familiar, obviously. No, she's a salsa singer. Oh, She's okay. a singer. And she's, I mean, just ask pal if she knows who Celia Cruz is. Celia mm -hmm. Cruz, it's like knowing who Aretha Franklin is. Okay. It's like, oh, yes. Okay. Guantanamera. Like, there's just classics that are just like... And not that... The, I know there's also like Spanish standard songs, but... She sang all of it and she sang with everybody 
She's the one who's in Guantanamera with Wyclef Jean mm-hmm. on his album, The Carnival. That's probably the, the closest reference you're going to know to who Celia you Cruz is, Matt. I know the song. Um, I know the song. I hate <laughs> So what about her got your attention? Was it just that your name was in the song? Why did she become one of your chosen no. queens? So, so one, yes, it drew me that she says my name. But then I ended up getting kind of semi-obsessed with her, but in like a positive fan way, maybe like a teenager. Her music, first of all, it makes you feel alive. Like there are certain cultures, genres, music, Cubans, and I've been to Cuba before. It's one of those places that is so alive. Like you want to talk about creating moments. Like I've been in Cuba standing, waiting for a bus and some dude comes over and he's got a little old school boom box and he's playing some song. I don't need to know it. They know it. And some grandma gets up with her cane, tosses the cane and starts dancing. And then the dude grabs her. This is a literal scene I experienced in Cuba. And they created like a five minute party waiting for the bus. And then the bus came and everybody was just like, hey. And I was just like, okay, yes, that's being alive. That is actually participating in living. And Celia Cruz embodies all of that just through her singing and everything. Then, like I said, standards of beauty. Any woman who who's in the spotlight that's experienced criticism for the way that they look, be it because they are Black, be it because they have a big nose, be it because they are darker skinned, be it because they are other or don't fit the standards of Caucasian beauty, I like to hear their story. I want to know what it was like for them because it's hard enough just to exist and like go to Walgreens, let alone to become like a famous person in the industry, in the machine. So I ended up buying her book. And in my 20s, actually, when I was in LA, one of my first years in LA, I read her autobiography. And don't forget, Raina doesn't read. I don't read. We've already gone over this anyway, but I did read this. Right. Which I do feel like when you don't read a lot, but then you somehow find a book and you're like, but I got to read that book. It's like, oh, why I that book? I don't know. Read this biography. It just solidified everything that I loved because also I didn't know that she had like a love, like a partner by her side from an early age. She kept all of this positivity when everything around you is telling you like you're ugly or you're not good enough or you can't or you come from this poor ass place you're poor you know you sound kind of like a man which she does which i also love because i love girls with deep voices i love a deep voice girl the antithesis of snow white she's just kind of incredible and for the time and the era and being a woman and just and she's you know black and she's cubana and she's I just admire her so much. Who do you admire? Why? No, I mean, who do you really admire? Who do you love to watch and listen to? Who makes you think? What story is that person feeding to you? Here's a fun exercise. Don't answer that question like, I admire my mom or my dad. Think of your guilty pleasure. Think of the worst, crappiest TV show that you watch. What story is that show feeding you? And how much are you watching it? Raina lives in England now for a couple years, where they have a real live queen. And as you heard in the opening, Queen Elizabeth is one of those queens that also helps to define Raina. She defines what Raina is not. The fact that she's a real life queen in real life and she doesn't rule shit makes her a failure in my eyes. She's also comes from a family of Nazis. Go Google that shit. Pictures of her uncle shaking hands and meeting with Hitler and being like, bro, so how about these Jews, huh? I just want England to remember 
that the only reason that Queen Elizabeth is the queen is because her Nazi uncle decided to abdicate. Her uncle was in line to be the king and he decided, nah, I'm cool. He wanted to marry an American. <gasps> oh, the horror. Why would one ever associate with the humans we created, the Americans? And he said, nah, F that. And her dad, George, fell in line. This is the, the king's speech. That's George, bumbling George. <laughs> I do a speech. <laughs> right? And then after him, Queen Elizabeth. That bitch is lucky. She's not supposed to be the queen. Not only does Queen Elizabeth not have any real power, but she doesn't really use her influence to help her own people. I mean, she makes this address every Christmas about hope, but she doesn't provide any meals to the underserved families in her own country. To be fair, it was not deep research that made me aware of this. It was Raina. But Raina says that before she moved to England, she didn't even think about Queen Elizabeth that much. Before having any thought process about the queen, I've always had a thought process about Princess Diana. She brought a prettiness and she brought a kindness and she brought a humanness. Do you know what one of the first things I think about when I think of Princess Diana is mm -hmm. the 80s, is the AIDS. Princess Diana was the first person publicly, royal family, like, you know, whatever, publicly. People, people were treating AIDS the way they're treating the coronavirus, right. except with the further horrific implications of homophobia, in addition to also racial implications implications and and also class and she met with AIDS patients and she like touched this man's hand gave him a hug or she made contact that's Princess Diana can you hear the delusion weaving itself it's the 80s rain is a kid and she's a known queen in her own mind growing up across the pond in Oakland California when she sees this real-life princess that she can relate to and what she did based on the royal family's rules was completely against the rules. You do not touch them. And she did. And that always stood out to me. I was like, oh, I fucks with her. She was the people's princess. I still vividly remember her walking down in like shanty towns and going to visit, you know, quote unquote, third world countries and just holding black babies, like holding them, walking down and just, I was like, oh, she is comfy. But talk of Diana brings us right back to Elizabeth. They didn't like Diana. She was not good enough. She was not royal enough. She did not meet the criteria. And she also was taking the spotlight a little bit too, too much. And she was a little bit too 1980 whatever, instead of back in the day, shut up, you're the woman, stay back. She was Michelle Obama-ing it before Michelle Obama. And the queen, I think, did not like that. So I feel for Diana and the fact that she wasn't good enough. Kate, who is William's wife, she wasn't good enough to begin with. And we're not even going to start on Megan because we don't have enough time. Right. So I don't fuck with the queen. I know what I don't know. And what I mean by that is I did not grow up with a monarchy. I didn't grow up with a queen, a king, any of that being normalized. So I want to just speak on the respect level of it's like if someone talked badly about our presidents, which I'm here for. But the point is, <laughs> the point is that's our system. That is our culture. So this is their culture. This is normalized to them. And I have had to learn to be at least 
understanding or sensitive to this being something they have been brought up to think is good. It's good that she does this Christmas address and says stuff about being hopeful. And I have to think about this. Is it because I'm American? Is it because I'm Black? Like, what is it that makes me feel that the establishment reeks of slavery? It reeks of control. It reeks of rape. It reeks of manifest destiny. It reeks of arrogance and privilege and contaminated whiteness. And so even though I am part white, I choose to acknowledge that part of whiteness that continues to exist in our current society. And the queen is the poster child for all of that. This conversation has reminded me about the ways that we define ourselves, by the things that we want to be, but also by the things that we don't want to be. This subjective filter of ours that is constantly taking in the world, and before it calculates anything else, it decides its relationship to us. Me? Not me. Me? Not me. Nature walks? Oh, that's me. Turning a blind eye to systematic racism? That is not me. And in the process, we write our stories. We focus on our models and we create ourselves. The other thing that came to mind, honey, is RuPaul and Queens, baby. Yes. Those are my queens. It's coming from nothing and yeah. creating your kingdom, your queendom. That's my jam. That Sleeping Beauty is a certain representation of that because through all of her good deeds and through her just being like, I'm a peasant, it was like, no, bitch, you're a motherfucking princess. And... RuPaul, Celia Cruz, creating it from nothing. RuPaul, oh my God, the empire that she has created. I love that bitch. Yeah. You wanna talk about, oh, somebody's making you feel like you're weird. Someone's treating you like your other, honey, come on over to this other house of queendom. And we are going to slay together. We are going to love and cry and pray together and fuck it. And those are my queens. Do you know how RuPaul signs off on RuPaul's Drag Race? Mm -mm. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Wow. This was a conversation that we never meant to have, and I am so happy that we did. It is really just a testament to what can come from taking some time to be curious, to be intentional, and dig for the truth behind our own ideas, to retrace the steps to the people that we have become. And it doesn't need to be scary or serious to unpack the baggage of our own necessary delusions. If you do it with a good friend and a little bit of levity. I want to thank Raina for her story today and for all of the times that she lends her voice to this conversation. Raina, please come back and join us soon. Thank you for being here with me today, Earth Monster. If you have love for the show and you want to support us, you can write us a review on Apple iTunes. That's the Purple Podcast app. Or send us 143 on Venmo at Your Necessary Delusion. I'm always looking for new stories, so if you have a necessary delusion of your own and you want to share it, you can set up a time to record with me over video chat by emailing us at yournecessarydelusion at gmail.com or leave us a message at our voicemail, 323-540-4540. We will be back next week with more epic everyday stories of success and redemption. Until next time.
one of my earlier experiences here in England. I was at a pub and um, my boyfriend's mom was having one of the rooms wallpapered, right? So me and my boyfriend ended up going to this pub. The guy who was just doing the wallpaper, he's there. I was like, oh, oh. dude, we just saw you like five <laughs> minutes ago. That's okay. Shouldn't you be wallpapering? But no, like, <laughs> whatever. So we sit down, we have a beer with him. He starts going off about the immigrants. Oh, and, the, and he's talking to me. I'm sitting there so uncomfortable because I'm from California. When someone says immigrants, they mean Mexicans or right. anyone they assume is a Mexican because they all speak it as Spanish in their racist eyes. And I'm thinking, okay, why is he talking to me about the immigrants? He gets up and goes to the bathroom. I kind of lean to Matt and I'm like, dude, what, this dude's racist. Like, why is he talking to me? And, and my boyfriend starts laughing and he's like, no, 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 no. He's talking about the Polish. He doesn't have any issue with black people. <laughs> <laughs> And to be honest with you, I didn't know how to feel. There was a part of me that was like, "Right, oh, <laughs> okay. You know, he's like, no, his, his wife is black. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> he really has no, he's like, no, it's not an issue. It's not about race. It was actually, which Americans don't understand this. It's a nationalism thing because they're like Polish and like they're taking the jobs and I didn't want to participate in othering anyone, but I was right. also like, my mind was blown. You were like a little relieved. Oh, I like relaxed and was like, get us another round. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you feel about Jamaicans? You know, I just wanted to start testing all the waters. Ta-ta-delusion.